0: Hayden Wings' top six wide receivers for week 11 of fantasy football. We start off with Tyreek Hill at the Las Vegas Raiders, CeeDee Lamb at the Carolina Panthers. Well, actually, Hayden, did you see? Yes. Frank Wright got on the press conference today and said that they are practicing silent counts because even though they're at home, they're expecting it to be a road atmosphere. So we can basically say CeeDee Lamb's at home here. And then I'm on Ross St. Brown versus Chicago Bears. Those are the top three, Hayden.
1: So Tyreek Hill, uh, we talked about it in the quarterback ranking show. The games where they're playing outside the division with Mike McDaniel, they go absolutely crazy. So they are averaging 8.6 yards per pass attempt in those games uh, compared to just 6.3 inside the division. The Raiders don't have strong corners. They haven't faced a Mike McDaniel offense coming off the bye. Everything should be ready to go. Dolphins number one in projected points. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is the number one in the offense.
0: Lots of cover three by the Raiders this season in comparison to their teammates or league mates. So I do wonder if we might get some instead of curving vertical routes and intermediate routes, if we get some vertical. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued by that. How about CeeDee Lamb, who is, uh, Hayden, the first player to ever catch double digit passes for 150 yards in three straight games in NFL history?
1: They did force them in. Do you see that? that yes, note the last which I,
0: I think that them, this is it. important for us.
1: Yes. Yeah, they literally give a shit that Ceedee Lamb's producing. So let's follow the trend. Right now, the Panthers probably not going to have C.J. Henderson. That's their corner. He's in the concussion protocol. Even if he was out there, not scared of this matchup over the last month. Wide receiver one on wide receiver one overall usage as well. To me, Ceedee Lamb has taken just a step on tape. More outside stuff, more physicality, more downfield shots. And Dak Prescott, thanks to your scheme episode. The people know, the subs know, he's going absolutely crazy. 82.5 receiving yards in the Pick'em Lobby. That, to me, is more than fair.
0: Yeah, what we saw on the sideline of them being aware of this record and forcing the ball to him to get there means... random-ass record. If if he's still at, like, you know, 9 for 120, then they're going to be like, oh, we need to give him an extra pass or two in the fourth quarter in order to get there. Okay, close this top three out with Amon Ross St. Brown against the Chicago Bears. He has either had 100 yards or a touchdown. In every game this season, he's also hit 100 yards in each of the past four games played. Um, that is remarkable consistency among a group. First, second round wide receivers that throughout this season has been lacking consistency.
1: The Lions right now are second in projected points. Bears are 31st in passing EPA. Amon Rock can do whatever he wants.
0: Okay. The next three. Keenan Allen, who's a bit banged up heading into this game against mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers. A.J. Brown at the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football, and Stephon Diggs versus the New York Jets.
1: So with Keenan, he's just like the entire offense right now. It's him and Keenan Allen. They can't get Quentin Johnson going. They can't get uh, Jalen Guyton or any of the tight ends going. So I think that we should just expect Keenan Allen to continue to produce right now, though I do think the Chargers are going to run the ball a little bit more than we're kind of uh, used to. And then with A.J. Brown Super Bowl rematch, in that game, lots of single high coverage. The Chiefs have not been using that type of defense uh this season still aj brown is still just the first read in the offense and if they do go back to man coverage we know that aj brown absolutely cooks there so i think we're gonna see a little bit more of a balanced approach from the eagles just because the way the chiefs have been dialing up their defense a very good pass defense pretty weak against the run but if they do go to pass it will be to aj brown especially with dallas goddard out
0: so what i've read in reeves's worksheet is that they still are playing a really high rate of man coverage this year And you know we always talk about that with AJ Brown in previous weeks, and it's it's gotten us there, right? I mean, how he has forty-eight. Let me find it here. Yeah, forty-eight point one percent target share against man coverage for three point eight eight yards per route run. Um, Now, some of those Chiefs corners are matching in his size a little bit and quite physical. So we'll see. I'm 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 really excited for that game, and we'll talk about it a little bit more with Devontae Smith. Anything you want to say about Stephon Diggs here?
1: Well, before we move on, the difference is the the Chiefs were playing single high right defense. Now they're playing too high defense, right. which is why their run game is bad. Uh, with Steph Diggs not expecting a whole lot from the coaching change is hard to change your offense on November sixteenth, right now. But Sauce Gardner very good. The Jets are number one against fantasy wide receivers. Uh, Steph Diggs has had um, he had one hundred and two yards and a touchdown back in Week One, and then the last year's game thirty seven yards, ninety three yards. So uh he can still get it done because he's so damn good especially if this team feels like they're panicking what do you do when you panic give the ball to Seth diggs
0: okay those are the top six again if you enjoy these wide receiver tiers or running back tiers, whatever other content that we have on the channel hit that subscribe button we're on the road to a hundred thousand and the only way we can Ooh. get there is uh if you actually hit the subscribe button and leave a thumbs up while you're there too
1: where are you going to put your plaque
0: um good question um no comment about the background that is behind me. Uh, let's just say it will not fit on that. I might make him do a chain. Wear it every day. <laughs> ben
1: Baller, where you at?
0: Okay. Yeah. For For the OGs, the true OGs, Ben Baller, where you at? Okay. Wide receiver seven for you. Back off a bye. Cooper Cup against the Seattle Seahawks. When Tariq Woolen and Devin Weatherspoon are on the field, Seattle has allowed just a 61% catch rate and 9.7 yards per catch. Those are 10th and 1st in the NFL. So how do you think that Cooper Cup is going to fare against the Seattle Seahawks defense?
1: I had very similar splits, like since week four, when this entire secondary was healthy, including Jamal Adams, they've been top six in success rate passing EPA. Uh, This week, it will be Cooper Cup versus Devin Witherspoon because they're both playing in the slot. This was just surprising to me, and I'm just going to stick with it because I always do. The betting markets love the Rams. They're projected for 23 points, which is like league average around 21. They are at home. Matthew Stafford's full participant uh, with his thumb injury in the four games together. Cooper Cup has had like wide receiver one two borderline kind of production and usage. Those were some of the Matthew Stafford's worst games here. Vegas is expecting a shootout, and then in the underdog pick'em lobby. Cooper cups at 83 and a half receiving yards compared to like Steph Diggs, who I ranked ahead is at 73 and a half. So the people running the underdog fantasy projections love Cooper cup. And I love underdog fantasy. How about that?
0: Yes, we do. Um, 50% of wide receiver catches against the Seahawks this season have come from slot receivers. There we the go. The second highest rate in the NFL, as always. That is courtesy of the great Retriever. And as you can see, Matthew Stafford over here, even with you know some games to start the season without Cooper Cup, is throwing to the middle of the field at a much higher degree than league average. Okay, we'll keep it moving. Next, Devontae Adams. This struck me, Hayden. Last week, you had him as... Wide receiver 21, okay? Now he's all the way up there as your wide receiver 8. And all that happened in between was just 86 yards uh, last week. And he has not scored a touchdown since week 3. So all it takes for you to fall back in love with a player who is attached to Aiden O'Connell is 86 scoreless yards.
1: Yeah, it's all about riding with AOC here. And he has a 32% target share with Aiden O'Connell. They are 135 uh, point dogs on the road against Miami last week when they won by the way they won that game last week he had 13 targets what's gonna happen when they're down three scores in the second quarter well I think it's just gonna be get the ball out to Devonte Adams as fast as you can so to me it was just going back to the target shares and I like I wanted just to see what this offense would look like just if they were forced into passing a couple more times than they were in the previous games. I've seen that. I've seen enough. Devontae Adams, by far the leading target guy, with Jacoby
0: Myers taking a huge backseat. Jalen Waddell is up next as your wide receiver nine. This is against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the worksheet over at Sharp Football had some really interesting stats here. One, Waddle has not gone over eight, 63 yards in a game. Actually, just once, I should say, since week two. So just once. And two, since week five, Jalen Waddell has been targeted on 32% of his routes, which only trails Tyreek Hill over that stretch. Hayden, what happened since week five? Devon Achan has been out of the lineup. So the question is now ranking it this highly. And then also I think Devon Achan being your number four running back heading into this week, you think that coming out of this bye week, it is now going to be Tyreek Hill's getting home. Jalen Waddle's getting home and the running game is going to get home all at the same time.
1: Well, they're projected for 30 points, most on the week. I love those splits I keep talking about against teams that haven't faced this offense before. I don't have much respect for the Raiders' defense on top of it. So, yeah, I think, to me, just, like, in this kind of tier, we'll get to these guys. We're now entering the kind of boom-bust tier. I know it's been we haven't seen the the complete boom weeks from Jalen Waddle, but I saw them last year. And to me, this is a perfect spot to get Jalen Waddle back in the lineup. And Devon Achan, I'll probably have to move him down a little bit because he's been limited since yeah. we did that video instead of like full go. So I'll probably be ranking
0: him just a little bit lower. If this means anything to you, just last season, he caught 6% of his targets behind the line of scrimmage. Excuse me. He was targeted 6% of the time behind the line of scrimmage this year. That's doubled at 13.6%. So Maybe some of those manufactured touches, a little bit of the counter punch, has been, uh, again, more behind the line of scrimmage, more mm-hmm. screen stuff to Jalen Waddle versus a lack of gimmies to him last season. OK, to round up this top tier, maybe the highest you've had him ranked all season long is Brandon Ayuk as wide receiver 10. You just scoured when I brought this up. Sounds like it looks like you're not totally confident in it.
1: Well, this is what I'm talking about. Boom, bust receivers like this. This last month, he's the wide receiver 42 in usage. He's had lots of games with three or four receptions. It's hard to get somebody as like a borderline wide receiver one with that. But offenses facing Tampa Bay have the second highest neutral pass rate. They are 29th against fantasy wide receivers. Brand Ayuk looks awesome whenever he does get the ball. So to me, it's just like he might only get seven targets here, which is a lot less than the players ranked around him. But right now, Brock Purdy is balling out. The offense is ridiculous. Uh, it just comes back to the conversation we always have with the 49ers is, which of the big players are not going to get home? Last week, they all got home because they were so damn good. Uh, I'm hoping we can run that back. But he did have only five expected points, and his touchdown was a ball that Kyle Shanahan
0: had a little heart attack over. Okay. Okay. That is the end of tier one. I want to remind you all that Thursday night football wide receivers are not included in this ranking this week. So Hayden having Nelson Aglor as the wide receiver 26 this week uh, doesn't get you can go and check out really where he had all those TNF wide receivers uh, in the rankings, which are in the description down below. But we eliminate them because there's no point in having them from now on. Always want to have that disclaimer out there. Okay, we'll start with tier two and that begins with DK Metcalf at the Los Angeles Rams one of the best matchups of the weekend uh, third time over the past four games that Dev, uh, DK Metcalf has had double digit targets in a single contest however he has not found the end zone since week 4 and Hayden this is something you're always talking about uh he has been horrible on contested targets this year and he's tied for second in the NFL with 11 end zone targets too
1: It doesn't make sense. How is he bad in these situations? Beyond me. Uh, We talked about Abe Lucas, the right tackle, potentially returning. He's been limited in practice, probably going to miss one more week. But I just don't trust this Rams defense, especially in the secondary. He had 47 yards in a touchdown and remember that week one blowout loss the Seahawks had they only like put up like 13 points something like that I'm expecting things to get way better this time around hopefully he can just start converting some of his contested catches just weird when you watch him the in breaking routes he's just so much better now than he was as a rookie but like all of a sudden like the red zone production the contested catches have gone away I think ultimately all that stuff will regress he's a wide receiver six overall in usage this month it just hasn't felt that way
0: Next up is two Texans wide receivers as your 12 and 13 on the board. First, you have Nico Collins. Then you have Tank Dell. I am in the camp that wants to flip them. I know it's just one spot. But why do you have both of these guys back-to-back here? Again, wide receiver 12 and wide receiver 13 against the Arizona Cardinals.
1: I just think Nico Collins is bigger and has better touchdown odds. I think Tank Dell will get deep. I think Nico Collins will get deep. Uh, Hopefully, Nico Collins gets a full participation on Friday. We're still waiting On that, Robert Woods is trending to play. Noah Brown will not play. Right now, the Texans have the third-highest team total on the week. C.J. Stroud is absolutely balling. I don't like the Arizona secondary right now, so I just think that Nico Collins is, to me, still just a little bit better, a little bit more consistent. Of course, Tank Dell is awesome in isolation down the field. He's an absolute speedster, can really pop off against man coverage just because he's working so far downfield but i just think that nico collins when the area gets a little bit tighter it might go to him though they are also you know scheming up stuff for tank dell so it's just like a how awesome that cj Stroud has two top 15 fantasy wide receivers and i want to play with the team total up at 27 points this week
0: yeah maybe three if noah brown was going to play in this game too um i think he has been ruled out by this time as well uh a couple things and reaps pointed this out when both nico collins and tank dell have been on the field which for Portions of the season, they haven't really Mm -hmm. overlapped completely. Tank Dell has a team high 23% of the targets. Nico Collins is just behind him at 22.2%. I did want to bring this up because both have areas where they dominate, right? Like Tank Dell in terms of creating separation. And then obviously on those deeper targets and things, we've seen some great yards after catch opportunities too. And then even though Nico isn't isolating and separating himself because he's 6'4", 220 pounds, We've talked about it at multiple points this year where his yards after catch numbers are similar to like Jalen Waddle, who is five inches shorter and 30 pounds less, if that. So, uh, yeah, the combo of these two, it really is like a basketball lineup style that we always talk about in the all seasons between these guys. DJ Moore is up next. He gets Justin Fields back. I'm sure he's excited to run his sprints a bit longer yes. this week, Hayden, against the Detroit Lions.
1: His average of the target was at 9.9 with Bajan. It's up to 13 with Justin Fields, and it certainly feels like that. Just we're going to get more downfield opportunities. He was running so pure with Justin Fields early on the season. We can't expect that level of production, but to me, this is still a great matchup. There's uh, touchdown dogs in a dome against Detroit Lions secondary that is still missing some bodies out there. We saw uh, Keenan Allen really have a huge game. Uh, in a potential shootout. I'm not expecting shootout here, but Detroit being 22nd against fantasy wide receivers caught my eye. Pick'em Lobby also loves DJ Moore at 64 and a half receiving yards. This is that tier where basically everyone's between 67 and 58 and a half yards. I just think that DJ Moore, I like his big game potential just because Justin Fields will give him opportunities downfield.
0: Yeah, 31% of his targets when Justin Fields was on the field uh, were 20 plus yards down the field. There we go. Big play hunting. Terry McLaurin, speaking of, is up next. Um, I'm excited to talk about Terry McLaurin. This is versus the New York Giants. Uh, They are playing main coverage. a league high 43.4% of passing plays. We've talked about a wing Martindale defense a ton in terms of leaving rookie corners or journeyman corners in isolation all the time on the outside. Uh, You're well ahead of consensus rankings that have him as wide receiver 20 this week.
1: Yeah, I love this one. Uh, My classmate Adoree Jackson has not practiced this week. Deontay Banks, the rookie cornerback that was drafted quite high. He's been limited on the injury report right now. The commander's highest neutral pass rate, second highest in fantasy wide receiver usage. And against those single high coverage looks that this defense really basically majors in, Terry McLaurin leads the team with almost two yards per route run. So it's just go time for him. I'm super stoked to have him ahead of consensus.
0: Pukanukuwa. So you brought up his opening game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, times have changed quite a bit, right? I mean, that matchup, he came onto the scene, caught 10 of 15 targets for 119 yards. I will add only one of those snaps and one of those catches, I should say, was against Tariq Woolen. We know Devin Weatherspoon didn't play at the time. So again, his avenue in order to match that week one output is going to be much different here in week 11.
1: In that game, no Cooper Cup, no Jamal Adams, no Devin Witherspoon, but he was just so damn good. Like That game was like, going back and watching that, it was just like how ridiculous Puka Nakua is, working down the sideline and over the middle. In the four games together, it's basically their expected points are sit at 12, Cooper Cup. In Puka Nakua, like you just said, though, I think we like the slot matchup just a little bit more than we do out on the perimeter. And that's why I have Cooper Cup, who also has been doing this for multiple years versus Puka for a half year ranked ahead here. But Pickham Lobby, once again, 65 and a half receiving yards. That's that's like borderline wide
0: receiver one numbers. Totally. Next up, Adam Thielen against the Dallas Cowboys defense. Um, a positive in his direction here, despite the miserable matchup, it's going to be from a team standpoint. The Cowboys play a large number of man coverage snaps. And as we've talked about, the Panthers and Adam Thielen are much more successful against man coverage as this chart suggests here. Look at Adam Thielen right there next to the likes of Quentin Sutton and Mike Evans and so on. And Chris Olave against man coverage this year. And then against zone, it is much worse.
1: I have it at yards per route run 2.4 against man, 1.6 against zone coverage. So we'll see here. The other thing that the Panthers have going for, my guess, is their neutral pass rate is up since the bye week. That's hard to kind well,
0: of the only thing with that, yeah. Frank Reich is calling back the plays and not Thomas okay. Brown. And obviously, since the bye week, it has been Thomas Brown.
1: Right. Uh I don't think they're gonna have the luxury of deciding totally. whether they want to run their pass the ball against the Cowboys. So yeah, this is this should be a good spot for Adam Thielen to PPR his scam. His way out there. I'm, I'm looking for... I want more option routes for
0: Adam Thielen. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm just, more screens. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty terrified what Michael Parsons is going to do to this offensive line. And Bryce was limping in practice. Yeah, he, he, I, just sure general it's soreness, thigh. they called it, with his thigh. General sure, soreness. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's rough. Okay. Devontae Smith facing the Kansas City Chiefs. Talk me through this one because the Chiefs have only allowed two 100-yard wide receivers this season. And they were actually, though, two secondary targets on those teams, Josh Palmer and Christian Kirk.
1: My big thing is just the Dallas-Goddard splits. And obviously, Mm. the Eagles are so often just beating the shit out of teams that they don't have to pass the ball enough. Well, when you face Patrick Mahomes, obviously, you're more likely to pass the ball. So I like that. With Dallas-Goddard on the field, this is according to Sports Info Solutions, his target share was at 18% without Dallas Goddard this year, that's been 39% last year. It was at 27%. So obviously the ball goes to Devonte Smith way more often in that Super bowl game. He did have a hundred yards. He did catch seven of his nine targets. Uh, so yeah, I'm expecting the Eagles to run the ball a little bit just based off of the matchups. I do really like this Chiefs secondary, lots of young players, lots of really good physical players. Um, but I think that these splits do really matter with Dallas Goddard, who hasn't been placed on injured reserve yet, but they might do that right before kickoff. So I think it's going to be a good run for Devontae Smith for the next
0: uh, month of the year. I will call this an aggressive Debo Samuel ranking as wide receiver 19. I mean, he is averaging a career low 47.4 receiving yards per game. But what we did see pop up last week, rushing three times for 29 yards, including a 23 yard touchdown.
1: And some of those per game numbers, he's been like in and out of the lineup. I have it at 12.4 half PPR points, in like his six, like truly healthy games. Last week I saw running back touches, screens, end arounds. Obviously he's still going to get some real targets as well. We talked about the past funnel nature of this defense. Brandon, you can Debo Samuel have not like completely, I know it's felt like it cause it's been so long, but Debo Samuel was really good early on in the season. So I don't want to like completely separate them and disrespect Debo Samuel who right now is healthy <clears throat> We are just dealing with George Kittle's got to get there. CMC, IU, Debo. One of these guys will bust out eventually. I just think it's a good matchup for Debo.
0: And you have him as wide receiver 19. Consensus rankings have him all the way up as wide receiver 14. So you're still behind the public. Speaking of, that's Garrett Wilson as wide receiver 20. Does this have anything to do with beat writer tweets saying, Robert Sala said Garrett Wilson has some hurdles to clear up before playing on Sunday. I believe this has to do with an elbow injury.
1: Elbow he's been limited all week. Uh, that scares me. Like this seems like a like legit in- injury. Like sometimes, like, we try to like parse through like, are they actually just resting him or is this like a new legit injury? I think this is a new legit injury. So actually, in my updated rankings, I'll have him even lower than this, unless we get some optimistic reports. But yeah, it's just been so inconsistent. Like he he can't afford to be dealing with an injury.
0: Right. He has to get all the volume because you already cut basically the targets in half for catchable passes, and then he may or may not find touchdowns and Mm -hmm. touchdowns take him from, you know, wide receiver 21 to wide receiver 12. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that The library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So, you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals/underdog or enter promo code underdog for 3 extra months for free. You heard me right, 3 extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals/underdog. Speaking of wide receiver 21, we kick off tier 3 with the touchdown maker and catcher Cortland Sutton. That is the entire name of the game. And Hayden, we've talked about it with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, when blitzed and I should say pressured this season, uh, Russ's production has declined drastically this year. And we know that Brian Flores, who it kind of makes sense with his weird and exotic and funky defense, maybe some growing pains at the start, but it has stabilized a little bit as we have gone on this season. And it might just be from a hey, we pick our spots a bit more often. And the players obviously learn how to run this style of defense, which is much different than they were in the past.
1: It's they're still only 25th against fantasy wide receivers, but I still think it's like a such an awesome job that Flores has done. I just like Corlin Sutton in man coverage when he the Broncos have faced. Five plus pass rushers which is like blitz this is exactly what minnesota does he's averaging 2.4 yards per route run jerry judy basically goes to non-existent at that point because he just yeah. can't beat press coverage at like look the at the these splits because
0: where you're having Quentin sutton targeted like you said around 40 percent of the time and then jerry judy is over in this yeah. more targets versus zone so like they have their main beater and they have their zone beater Look at the
1: size, you know, like in the, the flashiness of the route. Cortland Sutton is just an absolute monster out there. So it's been the wide receiver 13 on wide receiver 24 usage. The dunking on my touchdown model will not stop. And right now, offenses facing Minnesota have the sixth highest pass rate. So we'll see uh, if we just get a couple of downfield opportunities from Cortland Sutton.
0: Mike Evans is your wide receiver 22. And despite all the production he's had this year, the Vegas total is not kind to the Buffalo Bills, or excuse me, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. But the individual matchup is. I mean, when you look at it, and this, a lot of it has to do with pre-buy weeks, right? San Francisco is allowing a league high 10.4 catches per game to outside wide receivers. That's 121 yards per game. That's 28th in the NFL. However, we've seen this with Mike Evans this year on throws 20-plus yards down the field. They've actually prevented wide receivers and only allowed them to catch 9 of 25 of those targets this season.
1: I had the same exact notes, just the running backs and tight ends are the ones that get absolutely shut out against this defense. The 49ers are still just 21st against fantasy wide receivers. And I mean, we, we talked about stats versus film. Mike Evans is faster than people want to give him credit for. He's still has physical. Everyone knows that, but his just raw speed is still pretty special to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I posted a chart this week on Twitter that just talked about uh, just basically separation and Mike Evans was doing it at just like the best rate in the league. Nuts!
1: You're stealing my chart flow. Uh, well, Get out of here. Find your own lane.
0: Well, I'm stealing other people's. Let's put it that way. You don't share yours with me. Okay, Marquise Brown up next at the Houston Texans. Uh, just last week, Hayden on paper caught one of four targets for 28 yards, but you and I know after watching the game, if Kyler threw it this much shorter. Mm-hmm. We'd have a much different day for Hollywood Brown. And that takes us into, again, their second game together this week.
1: Right. And Vegas loves the Arizona Cardinals. They're projecting for 22 points. They think this might be a little bit more of a shootout with versus like a Cardinals-Texans game on paper. Texans do have Derek Stingley back. That's their cornerback one. He was a top five uh, overall pick a couple of seasons ago. They've still been very hit and miss in the secondary. They've gotten like... Icedy players. Will Anderson's been a complete smash for them, but they're still just 25th in passing EPA. And I'm with you. I just think these downfield targets will be there. There's a couple like batted passes that were intended for Marquise Brown. So sloppy game in the box score, but I think that there was more design stuff. And Marquise Brown's still a good player to me.
0: So, wide receiver 23, uh, excuse me, 24 is DeAndre Hopkins. This is one of those typical matchups of defensive line that has had trouble pressuring the quarterback this year versus mm-hmm. arguably the league's worst pass protecting offensive line and which one wins out there i would say like an individual talent standpoint the jaguars defensive line can win that one but if they don't excuse me yeah jaguars defensive line winning that one but if they don't then deandre hopkins could have like a really really good day here you know i mean jaguars are allowing 9.2 yards per target that's 23rd in the nfl even though like his, again, individual production has not been great this year. To me, if Will Levis gets some time, then DeAndre Hopkins uh, has a chance at an outperforming wide receiver 24-day.
1: I, I think the upside is very clearly there. Like, exactly what Will Levis wants to do, just like let his wide receivers make a play downfield, is exactly what Jacksonville, which is weird to me, is okay with doing. So I think it's a good matchup for DeAndre Hopkins. Just been so up and down with Will Levis. I think Will Levis has been mostly down a couple of flashes here and there. Um, so Traylon Burks still out with the concussion. I think like this tier to me is just like so flat. I think like yeah. for battle royales and for pick'em and stuff, I do think that you can still have optimistic viewpoints on these. It's, like been hard for me from like DeAndre Hopkins to like DJ Moore. Like I don't see a whole lot of a difference between them.
0: Yeah. We've seen. Some great throws from Will Levis, and we've also seen in the face of disruption, just some brain depart your body. Why are you trying to force that pass into there? So it's up to Trayvon Walker and, and Josh Allen to, mm-hmm. you know, prevent or to force him to make some of those brain departure plays. Okay, I'm going to trademark that brain departure plays. It's not bad. Why receiver 25, Christian Kirk. Uh, we talked about Calvin Ridley a bit later on. Now Christian Kirk is going to be. Let's talk about them together because that really is about two spots later. How are you handling the dynamic between these two Jaguars pass catchers and what has been a declining passing offense?
1: Really declining, lots of dink and dunk, bad offensive line. I'm assuming Zay Jones is going to miss. He's still been limited in practice, obviously was arrested over the week as well. Jamal Agnew, that's the new thing. He hasn't practiced this week. He's like actually an like, uh, important part to this offense. Like Not that he should be. We love Swag new, but but like he actually gets fed a lot of scheme touches that I don't think that they should be doing quite as often. Hopefully, they'll start going to Christian Kirk, assuming that he does miss in this. This is a pass funnel against Tennessee. They stopped the run. They got some dogs up front. They're worse in the secondary, especially without Kevin Byer. They're 28th in passing EPA allowed. So Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, this is a chance for them to show up like we keep talking about. The difference, though, They use Calvin Ridley like he's George Pickens in a Matt Canada offense. It's just way harder for Calvin really to get it done uh, compared to Christian Kirk.
0: Okay. The next two that go in the sandwich between those two are Tyler Lockett and uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, Tyler Lockett, as we suspected, got home last week because obviously the totals and everything, there was a pathway for him to do that. And then the opposite end, Amari Cooper, now against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which on paper has been a really good matchup this year season. However, uh, DTR is his quarterback and Cooper caught just one of six targets for 16 yards. Last time uh, he played with Dorian Thompson Robinson plus Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line is healthy and active against some backup offensive linemen for the Cleveland Browns.
1: I don't want to make any excuses for this Bruin, especially with SC playing UCLA this weekend. But in that DTR game, like he knew he was going to be the starter like just before kickoff. So like that was a very unfair situation to be in at least for Amar Cooper. Mika Fitzpatrick hasn't been practicing. They have been 27th against fantasy wide receivers. I think that they have figured out a little bit more, especially with Cam Hayward also being another body to throw uh, against DTR up front. So I think he's just been so damn good, you know, like, and I'm hoping that they give him a couple schemed opportunities. So I'm holding the line with Amari Cooper and David uh, Ninjoku in my rankings and with Tyler Lockett up and down. But over this last month, he's been the wide receiver 24
0: on wide receiver 24 usage. So why not throw him as my wide receiver 24? Deontay Johnson is next. Um, He did not come through as a top 10 wide receiver last week. in Hayden, I think it's as simple as the Seethers ran the ball really well. And when that happens, and really any given week, you can't really rely on Kenny Pickett plus Matt Cain can to, to like consistently feed anyone on this offense. Um, he is and has been targeted on nearly 37 percent of his routes against man coverage this year. We know that the Browns play a ton of man coverage, albeit they do it at a very high level.
1: Yes, that <laughs> a couple things that you hit on Deontay Johnson can't afford to lose volume because he averages like six yards per target. Well, the Steelers ground game has been top five since the bye week. Both of the running backs have looked pretty damn good. So we're expecting that to decrease for Deontay. Pat Fryermuth returns to the lineup on top of it. That adds another dimension to this offense. And like you said, I mean, it's Denzel Ward here. Like this is this is not going to be fun for Deontay Johnson. So actually my update rankings, I have him even a couple spots lower than this.
0: Okay, well, hopefully you haven't moved Rishi Rice away from your wide receiver 30. And if you have, it's only up in this direction Uh, versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The one problem that's really standing in Rishi Rice's way is that he has not run a route on more than 64.4 percent of dropbacks in the game this season. But Hayden, as you have coined, this might be the post by Ricky Bump that kind of changes the fantasy landscape for the next few weeks.
1: Really hope so. He ran a route on 56% of the dropbacks before the buy in that game. It was 72% Justin Watson, 64% MVS, who are basically playing the same role. Why do they play both of those guys so much? I'm not sure. At least Sky Moore was down to 31%. I think there's room for Rasheed Rice to run more routes. Andy Reid said why he's so good uh, coming off of the is because he self-scouts better than anybody. To me, that's really easy. Rasheed Rice is by far the best. Actual wide receiver. If you're removing screens and jet sweeps, he's averaging 2.2 yards per out run. All the other wide receivers in this offense are just prayer targets down the sideline or schemed up opportunities. He's the guy, at least doing a Juju Smith Schuster impression in this offense. So just hoping that we get post by rookie bump now that Andy Reed's gotten into the lab. I'm getting into Andy Reed's mind. Mm. It means mac and cheese and more Rasheed Rice. That's what I'm hoping for after the buy.
0: Yeah, it's one of those situations where you have to, like, just live with whatever mistakes Rasheed Rice is going to make because it's not like the other guys aren't making mistakes and they're not making the same plays that Rasheed Rice is yep. as well. Okay, I'm just going to go in trios from now on. Chris Godwin. And we get Jordan Addison here, which is pretty dang low as your wide receiver 32 um, as they face the Denver Broncos. And then George Pickens as your wide receiver 33.
1: So with Chris Godwin, it's just the pass funnel that we're getting with San Francisco. Hopefully, he can kind of PPR scam. It was a season low for him. He was battling an illness. I think all that will even out. He just hasn't been like the upside play. So have him kind of in the wide receiver three flex area. And then yeah, Jordan Addison loved the dude, obviously. But I am assuming KJ Os- Osborne is going to be returning to this game. Still, Justin Jefferson is going to be away. You can see with this this density chart, so many of Jordan Addison's targets are near the sideline, and that's where. Patrick Sertan's going to be. And I just don't think I love Jordan Addison, the player. But to me, he's been like pretty hit and miss against man coverage because he is so tiny. And Pat Sertan, I'm worried about him just getting his hands all over him. And we know that Dobbs is going to run around a little bit. T.J. Hawkinson's absolutely going nuts in this game. So I'm just a little bit worried about the matchup
0: with Jordan Addison. So unfortunately, I have my Trojan ranked a little bit low. And to reiterate, we do not expect Justin Jefferson to play this week. I, I, some sites and platforms might out there. We do not. Next trio, Brandon Cooks and then a duo of Green Bay Packers, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs back to back. Just quickly with Brandon Cooks, if you go back or you can just watch the episode scheme that we just posted on the channel, um, the double teaming of CeeDee Lamb is absolutely there. It might not be as aggressive with every other team as it was with Week Martindale. But when that happens, that allows isolated single coverage to the likes of Brandon Cooks. And lately he has been taking advantage of that.
1: He has, I just fear that the Panthers are not going to have the same looks as what the Giants did because the Giants are always playing man coverage. The Panthers are actually second in zone defense rate. They're using too high shell defense at the seventh highest rate. That kind of takes away the explosiveness that Brandon Cooks has been getting home against. In fact, against too high zone defense, his yards per route runs at 0.9 right now. So I've seen better matchups for Brandon Cooks. That said, we still are dealing with the Carolina Panthers without CJ Henderson and Dak Prescott's been amazing. So I still want them in this upside flex category, but I've been like more pinpoint with this is a Brandon Cook's games
0: before compared to this one. Yeah. And JC Horn is not coming back for this game either. So they already announced Stuff. him out as well. So maybe next week for him. Okay. Three more Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel, and then Gabriel Davis. And look, I'll throw Jahan Dotson in here too, just to round out the tier since we have two Washington commanders, wide receivers on top of that, anything you want to say about each of these dudes, I will add Jacoby Myers who started the season blazing like yeah. amazing stuff. He's now caught just five passes for four, for 78 yards over the past three games. And with a Nokano on the field, as we've talked about with Devontae Adams and with Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers has been targeted on just 12.4% of his routes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I have the same exact notes. I just think, I think it's, pretty sticky. It's, if you were a rookie quarterback, what would you do? I would throw the ball to Devonte Adams. So tough, tough notes for Jacoby for Gabe. Also tough notes. Jets number one against fantasy wide receivers. I mean, Gabe Davis is not the player that we want to start against somebody like sauce Gardner. If they do see each other in the three games against the jets, he's had 32, 31 and 33 receiving yards, pick and lobby at 36 and a half. It just the team totals down. There's a lot of chaos out there. Um, so I don't like the matchup for Gabe Davis.
0: Okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cape for my guy, Jahan Dotson, here for a second. All right? So, Jahan Dotson last week, despite bottoming out, granted, all of you, was still in the field for 94% of dropbacks. Okay? That was against Seattle's secondary. This one, against the Giants, not so great. And what do we know that Wink Martindale loves to do? Blitz quarterbacks, right? Against the Blitz, Jahan Dotson leads the Washington Commanders in targets this year and is second on the team with 24% of the air yards. So I'm saying that there is a pathway, despite Hayden Winks ranking John Dotson as wide receiver 40 this week, despite in two of the last three weeks done quite well. John Dotson, if we try to connect some puzzle pieces, could have a a decent week 11.
1: Do you think the commander's, are changing how they're going to use Curtis Samuel. Like, like because it's been a rotation, they want to get Jameson Crowder and Diane Browns. Like, if Jahan Dotson's playing 94% of the routes, I'm with you. Do you think that was just because the toe injury and all the other lingering issues that Curtis Samuel had last week? Or are you at this tier just saying, who can play a little bit of ball here? He can play so some ball. So that's, that's what the, okay. I, I can listen to that. Would you put them ahead like the Packers guys? Cause to me, it's the same issue with the Packers guys, very even target shares, but the chargers like the giants are awful against right. uh, wide receivers as well. So I think putting the Packers and the commanders guys all together seems fair. That's that works.
0: Okay. There it is. We'll close out with three names. Jerry Judy, who we have talked about thrives to whatever degree he can <laughs> right. against zone coverage. Um, They're facing a team that plays man coverage and then two rookies to close this out and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston. I did want to bring up, let me find it. Let me find it. I'm cooking here. Here we go. If you're wondering why Jackson Smith and Jigba has not had many plays this year, look at where Geno Smith is throwing the ball. Never over the middle of the field. He's right there with Kenny Pickett. And we know that just going back to Ohio state and looking at where JSN succeeds, uh, it is over the middle of the field. So, so far, it has not been... And granted, over the last three weeks, it has gotten more and more involved. But looking at it from a full-season standpoint, the continuity between the middle-of-the-field game has not worked out with Geno Smith so far this season.
1: The question becomes, is there a reason why Geno Smith's not throwing the ball over the middle of the field?
0: Um, Probably because he didn't need to do a lot last year either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe JSN's not as good as we thought. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. We'll see. Um, I also had like... George Pickens kind of in this area as well. Um, looking for other Jaden Reed, Josh Reynolds. These are the type of names that kind of round out this tier, but I'm, I think like truly there's like a pretty big drop off. I would say after Tyler Lockett to me um, in that wide receiver three range, I think the rest of these guys is a pretty big
0: drop off after those. Okay. I'm trying to find this uh, Matt Harmon, Quentin Johnston chart. Oh boy. That um, hopefully people have seen out there oh come on i'm not you just pull up a picture of a a red circle yeah let's just say it was about six red lines and finally one green line just on slants and that's about it and on that note we're going to get out of here that does it for a week 11 rankings and tiers um this sunday morning there is no foreign game correct america baby that means you get a heavier dose of hayden winks and josh norris probably on sunday morning and then we'll be back, obviously, with the Instant Reaction Show that night with John Dakel You all love it. Uh, just a reminder, next week we will have our usual Stats versus Film show on Tuesday. We will not have these rankings and tier shows throughout the week. Instead, we will just do a live show on Friday before the Black Friday game, probably around noon Eastern. Hayden mm-hmm. is probably the right way of looking at it. Yep. So if you're there in a food coma or want to eat some leftovers, join us for about an hour to two heading into that game and we'll just be here to answer all your questions and just have a a fun chat with all of you instead. That's right. Okay. That's going to do it. Shout out to Producer Weaves. Shout out to all of you for watching Up the Villa. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya.